Talking About You with Astra, Season 8, Episode 50. Thank you for being with me today because I appreciate your time and look forward to sharing information, ideas, and comments. And why? Because it makes us all better people. Today we're actually going to kind of transition into another one. We're going to go back and talk just a little bit about Medicare and you, which plans fit and which don't. And the reason why I want to spend a little bit more time is because if you actually just look at commercials and you say, oh, that's a wonderful commercial, I'm going to go with this plan, you might be missing a lot. Yes, you have to call them and they may tell you a few things, but it may not be everything you need, and it may not include all of your prescription drugs, which in my opinion is a really uh, important thing to know is which ones are going to be covered and which ones won't. And also that donut hole and gap. I hope that we need to do hashtag donut hole got to go. <laughs> Something there because that donut hole is really hurting a lot of people. And why they have it there, I do not know. But another thing I'm going to actually talk about a bit today is talking about where is the Social Security money going we don't have it. Well, how much of us have actually spent enough time seeing where the money really goes with Social Security. They're always talking about what, what's going to you as an individual. But where is really all the money going? And like I said, people who baby boomers pay not only for their Social Security but the generation before them. So where did all that money go? I'm constantly asking that question, where is the money? Well, today we're going to get into that. And also I'm going to try to convince you that it's important not only to watch Social Security after the money that you're getting, we need to actually take a look and see where all the money's going and who's getting them. Are there contracts just going to Wall Street? Uh, I think if you go out and take a look and see just how much money is going to Wall Street, you'll be surprised. Or the connections <clears throat> between Social Security and law enforcement and how they actually will pay for some of the things that they need. Um, perhaps I, the thing I saw was mainly in IT, but there's a lot of things that these people are working together that we don't know about and what they're doing with the money. So in my opinion, we have got to wake up and smell the roses, look out and see what's really happening with Social Security. Trump's doing some things behind the scenes. Nobody in mainstream media that I know of, know of or have heard have said anything about it. So I found a few articles. I have a preference when I'm talking about an organization which is as huge as Social Security, which will take a lot of time. So this week we're going to actually do a little discovery on Social Security, but we won't have, I mean, it's just huge. I Like your friend said, it's just huge. So that would take a long time for us to get through all of it. But I want to hit on some main points, maybe just to get you interested in going out and doing your own research. I know now in 2019 we're going to actually take a closer look and see where the money is going because, unfortunately, somehow many people have gotten in their head that, you know, it's what happened to Social Security, there's no money, and these are the problems. My, my issue is, is if they've taken the money from Social Security, usually with Congress's approval, by the way, they need to put it back. But we also need to be able to get decent medical care not things being cut out because they're putting money elsewhere or that the money is being used for something that we don't know about. I mean, how many of you really knew how much money 
Trinity is putting out all over the place. Now, is some of it legit? I assume that it is. I mean, you can't just stay back in when the, it was first created. You need to have to move up. Yet and still, I personally have some questions on who's always getting the contracts and who they're supporting. In my opinion, these huge Wall Street companies, it's just like in banks, all these companies are just like a rotating front and back door to our resources, and that's not how it's supposed to be. So I also hope this new Congress coming in will also take a look and see where the money for Social Security is going and actually look at the things Trump is trying to stop and think about that because if people don't start listening and paying attention and watching, we're going to make wake up into America. We don't even know what it's about. But before I get into that, you know, I always like to talk about a current topic. And today what I really want to get into is biases in voting. Uh, when we allow other people to get into our heads and decide what we're going to do or how we're going to think or how we're going to vote, we're just like sheep being led to the slaughter. From my perspective, that's how I see it now, okay? So if you're actually just being a sheep, going to the slaughter, punching that vote to ask to whoever they tell you to do, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Am I saying you don't have the right to vote for who you want to? You absolutely have that right. No one's going to take that right or switch it away from you. But I question when you don't use your own mind, your own thoughts, your own common sense, or the things to protect you, what is going on in your head? Truly, that is the question. What is going on in your head? If you have a great answer, let me know. Hashtag Esther's Radio Show. Because I'm a tad bit confused. One of the things I strongly disliked in this current election, I know that some people in our political system have an issue with race. And if you have an issue with race, go ahead. Have your issue with race. But why try to put it on other people? Why try to put your biases and your racist slants Onto everyone else. You want everyone to live like you? Well, wake up. Everyone's not going to live like you. People should be having the right to vote for whom they want. And just because some people have lots of money to put ads on TV to show these biases, or, from my opinion, mainstream media uh, has the same issue where they start playing these things on repeat, racial bias, racial bias, racial bias. Right? Don't vote for them. Don't vote for them because she's white or she is black or she is green or she is purple. Whatever. Are you going to follow those people around for the rest of your voting life? Oh, let me see. Somebody came out with a commercial, and what does it say? It says, I should be biased. Well, I have a biased history. My, in my family, they were biased. I should be biased. I beg to differ. I suggest that you vote your conscience, what you think is right, people who are doing the right things and the people who are voting your issues. Do not get caught up in that trap. It's, it's a trap. It's a trap that hurts you and it hurts our country. Because no matter what people think, people are people. They're not going to change. They're not going to become polar bears or zebras. Mississippi was the last state with a runoff this last week. In fact, it was yesterday. But my question is, why does mainstream media spread so much time, or spend actually so much time on race. Now, they could talk about how much they ain't paying everybody, how bad that uh, the economy is getting for poor folks, you know, what they're doing with Social Security and Medicare. Do you hear any of that? No. What do you hear? It's a black person. It's a white person. It's a green person. Come on. Wake up. 
not about that. The green is the money, okay? The green is who are you giving this money to and why? And why are you keeping it typically from the people who need it the most and the people who are working the hardest? Poor people work hard, point blank. Why? Because they're being cheated, right? Not even a decent minimum wage, right? Yet still they're not talking about that. They're talking about skin tone and what so-and-so said and what so-and-so looks like and what so-and-so does. And why are they doing that? In my opinion, psychological warfare is to degrade people and make you feel bad for voting for somebody that you want to vote for. You vote your way. You don't stand up and, and hear all of these bad things and be intimidated and, pull, and bullied because somebody says of something that's racist or biased. No, we're in America now. We don't have to deal with this crap. We don't have to carry it forward. We can leave it behind. And I hope that you will choose to do that in the next election when these racist, baiting fools come up and try to get you to say things or get you to do things because of their ideology, okay? Not yours. What has somebody ever done to you of any other color, Right? And I bet you if it was one, it wasn't a million. And you can't take the behavior of one person and project it onto a whole race. That's wrong and that's bad. And it gets you nowhere. So what I hope, truly hope, is that on the next race, the stereotypes, the negative vibes, all of those things, I want you to look and say, what candidate's promoting that? Why are they promoting that? Why are they saying these bad things, derogatory things? What do they get out of it? They get to bully you. Are you a bullying person? You want to just be bullied the rest of your life, told what to do, how to do it, where to do it, who to vote for? And don't pretend like you don't know that that's what that is. You know in your heart what they're doing, and only you in your heart can stop it and choose not to follow this. So that would be my thing. So... To me, is it Wall Street's way of keeping the status quo? Maybe, because they're the only ones that win. You don't. If you show me how you win when somebody races actually wins a, a race, you let me know. I'd really like to know because I don't see what you get out of it. There is no superior feeling, action. There's nothing there for you. There hasn't been for generations. Okay? We're all in this boat together regardless of how we look. And until we realize that, we're going to still be played as fools. And quite frankly, I don't think it's, it's worth it anymore. I think we should know the things that are going on and choose to stand up for ourselves. So that's, that's the main thing that I want to say about the, the bias in voting. Because in two years, this game is going to start all over again. And I, I want people to understand, you don't have to play these games. You don't have to do these things. You don't have to follow the herd. You can be yourself and vote for the person who's the best for the country. Isn't that what this is all about? Voting in elections, the person that does the best, not their skin tone, right? We want to know what they believe. We want, what, we want to know what they're going to do for people who have very little because these are the people who are going to be losing in every single race. So wake up. All right. The only other thing I wanted to say, I just, I mean, it's just so important to me for people to be themselves and who they are and not to be bullied. But the second current topic I'm going to ask you is, were you in a car accident this holiday weekend? There were so many accidents on the road. Just unbelievable. I bet the insurance companies are crying this morning. Maybe they aren't, though, if they're not going to pay you. If you got in an accident this one 
do hashtag Esther's radio show accident, okay? Say, I was in an accident, and I'm concerned because I don't know what my insurance company is going to do. I may not be any better off than someone with no insurance, right? And wouldn't that be a tragedy? If you pay your insurance premium, they should pay you when you need it. Bottom line, period. No excuses. No delays. No denials, right? They should pay you. So remember to visit estherscarwreckhelp.com, okay? Make sure you do HTTPS so you get a secured one. Right, that's very important no matter whether you're going to my site or you're going to someone else's site. It's so, so important to do that. Okay, let us move on here. Medicare and you. The question I have is how much do you really know about Social Security or Medicare? Have you taken the time to investigate them? Or have you just been so worried about what's been happening to you that you let all the other stuff slide by because you're interested in you? Well, From my perspective, if we don't know what's really going on with this agency, then people who are on Medicare or Social Security Disability or or retired may have some problems. And why is that? Because we don't know exactly what's going on. We just are on the outskirts looking to see when they're going to pay us or or how long it's going to take them or what's going to happen with them or what's going to happen with you, that we forget that they are a large entity, and they have lots of us that they're taking care of. Well, not necessarily taking care of. They're an insurance company just like any other private insurance company. They're just a public. What does that mean? It still means that they're doing things perhaps uh, with people you don't know, like law enforcement. I mean, uh, just private industries, uh, Lockheed. I mean, the, the list goal is endless. In fact, today I want to spend just a moment or two talking about some of the stuff that they actually do. But before I get there, I want to make sure that you remember about Medicare because it's the 7th, and you know that's next week, so you have to sign up. Make sure, please make sure to go out there and call them. And if you haven't received your new Medicare card, go out there, please, and call them and ask them why. They may not tell you. They like to not tell people to be informed. They'll just say something like, oh, we forgot to mail it, but now that you call, we'll do it. Right? But then you have to go and you have to see if they actually did it, right? So just be aware, all things are not equal for all people, and it seems like in a lot of places there. So one of the things I want you to make sure of is when you're looking at a new plan or you have an old plan, it doesn't matter which one because they can switch up on you. They might decide that, okay, we had too many people using X, Y, and Z last year. We're going to just take that out of the plan. But you're going on thinking, oh, the plan is great. I love it. It's still in the plan. I had it last year wrong. It doesn't work that way. So you have to make sure utilization, outpatient care, uh, physical therapy, out, um, speech therapy, whatever the case, prescription drugs, you know, it's the cost of all of these things, not getting what you need. And that's really the thing that bothers me the most. Most people are paying all that they can uh, for their Medicare plan. And some people aren't paying anything except the original Medicare where they have 80% and 20 because that's all they can afford. But they don't know if something happens and they get in the hospital, it's going to be really ugly. Another thing is things, everyone changes over time. So, therefore, what worked for you last year may not work for you in the coming year. So you need to kind of plan things out. One thing I will say is that some of the uh, in, uh, Medicare plans now have a zero uh, 
payment on what you have to pay out monthly. And if you're only getting twelve hundred, right? If you're getting twelve hundred dollars a month and you have to pay a hundred dollars for in your insurance, that leaves you for eleven hundred dollars a month. Can you live off of eleven hundred a month? Can you live off of twelve hundred dollars a month? Right. But twelve hundred a month is better than eleven hundred. Maybe you can eat then, right? So from my perspective, make sure that whatever plan you choose, it helps you in the best way possible. It's just too important. So make sure that you know what you can afford. That don't unhold and that coverage gap has got to go. You guys have to help me get rid of this. It's bad. It's hurting far too many people. In fact, when you stop being able to pay for your prescriptions next year because of that darn donut hole or coverage gap, whatever they're calling it, I want you to use hashtag extra unaffordable. You got that? Hashtag extra unaffordable because how in the world are you going to get through? You can't. You need your prescriptions. You can't afford them. You don't get them. You get sicker. That doesn't help anybody. You know, that just really gets my goat on that. So we need, you guys got some ideas about what we need to do with this donut hole to talk to Medicare and say this is not going to work? We need to do that. So that's just to me so, so important. So getting back then to the topic of today, I know I'm switching in and out a little bit, but that's okay. I think you can follow me. If you can't, let me know. But I'm still talking about a little bit about Medicare and you because I want to know how much do you know about Social Security and Medicare? Do you think it's time to know more about how it works? I hope you do because I do. Like where is the money really going? They never talk about that. They talk about you and and not having enough money. They don't talk about where the money's going or what they're doing, right? I'm coming back to that topic. Where is the money going? Well, if it's going to these new setups for surveillance harasses, that's a problem, right? But I, I did actually locate a bit of information to help you. Accountability to me and knowledge just go hand in hand. So let's just broaden our minds together and really take a look and learn about Social Security. I have a preference, like I mentioned before, to actually go out to uh, the socialsecurity.gov and actually see what they're saying about them. Because in my opinion, if you want to know about somebody, the best place to find it is to go out to them. And fortunately, because it's a public company, they have to share some things with us. There is a Freedom of Information Act that will allow us to get information, and I hope as time goes on in the next year, we get a lot more money about it or more information about it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But one of the things I want you to start to read, I have some articles with us today, and the first one is, is called Security, Trust Fund, Cash Flows, and Reserves. Okay, it says, and that's actually at Social Security, okay? So I want to go ahead and uh, give you a little input on that. I'm going to read a little bit from the, the first uh, part of this. The, the main part I want to read today is, is about a 14-page article, and this is certain things I'm going to pick out. There's no way I'm going to read the, the whole thing. But it starts off, the federal government have received considerable attention in years. That's right, they have, because we wonder what they're really doing with the money. That's my part of it, okay? It says, this article examines the trust fund reserves and cash reserves and their interrelationship with the Treasury's cash management operation. Did you even know that the Treasury was involved? Okay, let me go on. Treasury cash management operation and the budget of the rest of the federal government, right? So not only is that they're not in 
singly by themselves, neither is Social Security. But wait till we get some of the facts on that. Let me go on here. Although some observers view the trust fund reserve and interest income as accounting fictions, a careful tracing of the cash flow reveals that the reserves and their interest earnings are, for all practical purposes, as real as those of any bank account. In addition, an examination of the long-term constraints facing the trust fund and the federal budget clarifies that under the Social Security system self-financing framework, an improvement in the trust fund finances will not relieve the accumulated debt commitment of the rest of the federal government. I need to read that again because I don't think you heard what that said. Let me let me just read that again. I just it's just a bit much. Here it says it says, in addition, an examination of the long term constraints facing the trust funds and the federal budget clarifies that under the Social Security system's self financing framework, an improvement in trust fund finances will not relieve the accumulated debt commitment of the rest of the federal government. Did it say of, of Social Security? No. It didn't say anything about Social Security, disability or Social Security. No, it didn't talk about the retirement. It talked about taking that money and putting it elsewhere. So when you see these congressmen with their lobbyists, and even now Trump is getting into messing with uh, Social Security, we have to say no way. But how would you know that if you didn't read anything beyond what you were getting? How would you even know what was happening? You wouldn't know because they're not talking about it. And that's the problem I have with mainstream media right now. They don't talk about the things we need to know. They just talk game on game, and they talk Trump. Every Who wants to hear about Trump every single day, right? Trump clipped his toenails. We've got to report it. Give me a break. Do we really care? What does his hair look like? Do we care? What he says to his wife. Do we care? No, we don't care. We care about how many people in the military aren't getting the things they need. We're concerned about the people on Social Security who aren't getting the things they need. We're concerned about where the money's going instead of where it should be. Those are the things they should be talking about. But no, that's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about how is how people are putting money into Social Security, just like baby boomers put a lot of money in Social Security. Do not be deceived. Baby boomers did it. We put it there. We, we did it for us, and we did it for the generation before us. Don't let them ever let, don't ever let them forget that, that they're the ones that are forgetting what's been done. And so, okay, I know, sometimes things just get too good to me, and I'm going to tell you, i got to read it one more time because I need you to understand the money that they're talking about that's being put into Social Security isn't the where it's, where it's going. The money's being put elsewhere. And who's deciding? The Congress has got a lot to answer for, a lot. Like I said, I hope this new Congress comes in and makes a change because this old Congress has done us in. All right, I got to read it one more time. I just can't help myself, okay? In addition, an examination of the long-term constraints facing the trust fund, the money for Social Security, right? Let's see, in addition, I'm sorry, I got excited. In addition, an examination of the long-term constraints facing the trust funds and the federal budget clarifies that under the Social Security system's self-financing, did it say it was getting it from Wall Street? No. Wall Street's trying to get that money, though, right? It's self-financing. Remember that. Social Security system is self-financing. 
self-financing. The framework is what? Self-financing. An improvement in trust fund finances will not relieve. So they're saying even if we get, they made it even better than what it is today, right? They will not relieve the accumulated debt commitments of the rest of the federal government. Won't you ask Trump, why is he do, giving Wall Street more bonuses and more money, more all kinds of money? Why? He knows he's created a debt that's going to cause chaos. Did you know that? The debt that he's in, the, the actual free money he just gave to Wall Street a couple months ago and didn't give you any, by the way, the ones who are voting for him, what's in your mind? It's obviously not your well-being. Why do I say that? Because people who are interested in their well-being make sure they try to do things that better themselves and their families, their community, their country. And when someone takes money away from you, which obviously is the case, it's a problem. I'm going to go on, though. But I wanted to let you know that that was what it was talking about for Social Security, trust fund, cash flow, and reserves. But the part I wanted to read today, and it looks like so much to get through, it's going to actually probably take me a week. I might take a few other day, extra days on this. That's not only this article, but I've got several other articles. Um, and I really want to talk about it. I want us to start paying attention to what is Social Security purchasing? What, where's the money going? Where's the money that's supposed to be going for you? Where is it going? Okay, the part that I want to read out of this article, the article, again, is, is called Social Security Trust Fund, Trust Fund Cash Flow and Reserves, okay? And this is actually coming off of page 10, just for your information. It talks about budget baselines and long-term budget constraints. Okay, here we go. It says, neither the trust fund nor the general account have to meet strict annual budget constraints. Why would that be? Why wouldn't there be strict budget constraints? There should be almost everywhere else. It says here, the trust or go into debt, but they can build up reserves through a series of annual surpluses, and once the reserves have been accumulated, they can draw back, draw back down through the series of annual deficits. My question is, when they're doing that drawing down, they're not doing it for you. Are they doing it to increase your cost of living? No, they're not doing that. This is a Wall Street game. They're taking your Social Security and playing with it on Wall Street. Why, why are they, when they're taking it out, what are they doing? Let me go on. This flexibility in annual budgeting makes it possible to provide either a small contingency reserve to protect against sudden economic downturns or a much larger but temporary buildup of reserves, as was done to partially pre-fund the baby boom retirement wave, right? So now they had all that money from the baby booms, baby boomers, well, might be booms, baby boomers, right? They had money galore. Right? They should have had millions and millions put away, backed up for reserves. There should be even no question after now baby baby boomers are coming up to retire. Let's see what this says, though. The next paragraph here. It says, by contrast, the general account may borrow. What does it say? The general account may borrow and what does so. Did you hear that? They can borrow and they do so. It has been in debt since the American Revolution. Hello. That's been a long time, right? Such annual, annual flexibility allows deficit financing of wartime and economic emergencies like 
how they just the recession they just had. And by the way, I don't know if anyone's talked to you about that, but they're trying to say that we might be having a recession coming forward. So not only do we have to deal with the nonsense and what the banks did previously, we may have another one coming up, what Trump created by giving all the money to Wall Street. So let me go on. By contrast, the general account may borrow and does so. It has been in debt since the American Revolution. Such annual flexibility allows deficit financing of wartime and economic emergencies and even in peacetime. It don't even have to be bad for them to go get the money. The political process of setting on the best levels of taxing and spending can lead to extended periods of annual imbalances and the accumulated building up or drawing down of debt, right? So we're talking about a baseline here, right? General account. They can pull it down. question is, let's see what we find out when we're talking about general accounts here. Let's see. To analyze tax and spending levels and propose adjustments, the federal budget process includes calculating baseline projections for the budget forecast period. Baseline projections assume that tax and spending provisions are held at their current enacted levels. You hear that? That's Congress, right? Incorporating some reasonable assumptions about the growth of the economy, they estimate surpluses or deficits projections together with the projected effects of a particular tax or spending provision under, under consideration help inform the development of new tax and spending policies. Now, if it were me, I would say we should have Trump go back and get all those taxes he just gave to Wall Street, trying to please them and hurt us. That's just a fact. He gave it out to Wall Street. We got nothing. And why is that? Just because he could. All right, let me go down. I think I'll just do a couple more uh, uh Paragraphs here. Here's the next one. It says, separating baseline calculations can be done on OASDI. I'll go back and look, remember what that is. I can't pull up right at my, in my mind at this moment. And for the rest of the budget, the annual, annual trustees reports calculates a 75-year projection under these under three alternative assumptions about the future and conditions and the projections under the intermediate economic assumptions in effect a baseline projection of OASDI, although it is not referred to as such. Okay, so they're actually doing a projection of what they should need to pay out in the last 75 years. Well, you know, it's only about right now that, well, let's see here. Yeah, well, pretty close. I guess baby boomers are hitting that 75 number pretty quickly. So it says, Similar OASDI 75-year projections, often in conjunction with general account projections and sometimes incorporating the trustees' report assumptions or projections, are provided by various federal agencies, like the Department of Treasury, okay? Congressional Budget Office, and it talks about the Congressional Budget Office and the government accountability. So my question to you, how accountable are they? The Congressional Budget Office, have they been thinking of you or they've been thinking of Wall Street? How much how much have uh, Social Security people been supported over the last decade? Has it been fair? Has it been just? Has it been right? Has it kept people surviving in very difficult times? Or just the ones who became jealous 
during the recession, have they actually made it so that it's harder on people that are disabled or injured or sick, whatever the case, however ending up dealing with Social Security, considerably. All right, it says the budget's baseline projection, sometimes called the scheduled benefits projection. By the way, if you go out online, you can see where they talk about the scheduled benefit projections. Assume that the continuation of an already enacted OASDI tax and benefit provisions, thus it can be considered a current law projection, but only until the point which the reserves are depleted. So they're talking about reserves are depleted. They're not actually talking about what they save for Social Security. They're talking about reserves. So we need to make sure that we have an understanding of that, if they're talking about what's been put back for Social Security or the reserves for security. So there is a difference in that, it says here. The Social Security Act authorized benefits to be paid only out of the accumulated reserves and does not and does not address what would be done if the reserves are, were depleted. In the absence of any changes in current law, depletion would bring about the reduction or delay of benefits, which would be paid only in amounts that could be funded and ongoing tax received in the reserve accounts. Right. So what are they saying? Are they saying that they took all, of, all the reserves and put it elsewhere in the government? I don't know if they slashed it over to Wall Street, because Wall Street's certainly been trying to get to it for decades. Right? We'll see what Trump does. It doesn't seem like he's as interested in, in getting it to people who deserve it rather than those who don't. Okay, so they're saying if there's no reserves there, then people will have to be paid out in increments and not necessarily what they're supposed to have. Nevertheless, for the policy development, the scheduled benefit projections is more useful than the current law payable benefit projection. Alternative paths to solvency would avoid a sudden reduction in benefits at reserve depletion. Right? So we need to tell Trump to put that money back that he gave. If he can give all of that money to Wall Street this year, he can give it to the poor people next year. Right? It doesn't have to go every year. They get it and we get nothing. To me, that's a problem. Where are we here? It says, nevertheless, the policy development and the scheduled benefit projections is more useful than the current law. Payable benefit projections, alternative paths to solvency would avoid a sudden reduction in benefits at a reserve depletion. And the long-term balance calculated under the scheduled benefit scenario helps to measure progress towards those alternative paths. Right. So well, why is that even an issue? Why don't they just put the money back? They know where it is. They know who they gave it to. They didn't give it to the poor people, although they took it people. This is kind of like a reverse Robin Hood, right? Give to, take from the poor and give to the rich. That doesn't even sound like democracy. Seems like we're missing something there. Okay, so the alternative path to solvency would avoid a sudden reduction in benefits at reserve depletions and the long-term balance calculated under the scheduled benefit scenario helps to measure progress towards those alternatives. So we don't need those alternatives. We need you to put the money back. The summarized actuarity balance under the scheduled benefit projections indicates the magnitude of the OA, FDI, tax, and benefit policy changes needed over the projected period to avert, avert depletion. 
right? So this one is saying, oh, we don't have it. I say you do have it. You know why I say they have it? Because I'm looking at what they're spending. Take a look at what they're spending. What are they spending, okay? First of all, I want you to tell you, it's the Office of Social Security's Office of Acquisition and Grants. And if you really want to see where a lot of money's going, go out there and take a look not only at that, but who's got the who they're giving the contract to. Is it to, you know, uh, small businesses, low businesses? No. It's just right there to Wall Street, putting it right back in their pockets. Like I said, it's a front and a back door, just continually going in and out to them when the people who really need it aren't seeing it. But let me tell you who they say they are. For Social Security, the Office of Acquisition and Grants, it says the Office of Acquisition and Grants, which is A, I'm sorry, OAG, is responsible for Social Security-wide acquisitions and grant programs in support of the agency's mission and strategic goals. OAG directs the business management aspects of these activities and develops the, and implements applicable policy procedures and directives. And they have about several of these, uh, how many here? One, two, three, four, five, six. Why don't I tell you what these first six are? Because, like I said, this is like an empire on it. And that's why it takes time for us to actually evaluate what they're doing and how they're doing it for us. I think we'd be surprised just how much money is going out that doesn't go to you, the person who's uh, injured with social security disability or the re- even retirement. I mean, a lot of these things could be changed, but the key to me, the key in my opinion is that people become aware of what they're doing. If you don't know anything about what they're doing, you're just concerned about what they send you every month or every year, then that's that's a problem because you're really missing out on what's really going on behind the scenes. And in my opinion, we really need to start looking at what is going on with Social Security behind the scenes, not only with this office, but every time you get a new person, new uh, president elected and what Congress is doing. Because a lot of times, from my perspective, they're not doing what they should for the people they're supposed to support in this program. So the six uh, actual uh, departments, I guess you might want to call them, is the Office of Acquisition and Grants. Okay. And the, I'm not going to go into what they said. Take me. So if you're interested, just go out and take a look at security and then type in Office of Acquisitions and Grants. And the other office is the Office of an Associate Commissioner, the Office of Information Technology Acquisition, the Office of, Con- the office of Operation Contact, is that con- uh, Contract, sorry, the Office of Operation Contract, the Office of Acquisition Support, and regional contracting offices. So you can actually go out, uh, read about them. Believe me, there's a lot more. In fact, if you get a moment, go out and take a look and see who they're actually giving the contracts to. I think you'd be quite surprised at how most of them are Wall Street companies who are making them millions, millions of dollars out there. Uh, you'll see that most of them are maybe split out. So maybe one contract, let's see, let's go ahead and let me move up a little bit. I wanted to Send it out. For example, they have three vendors with Social Security $7.8 billion IT contract. Right? You don't hear anything about that or what they're doing. So that's why I'm saying, and one of those, they're part of $139 million. And we'll get into that. And by the way, they also uh, have bids out of the country. So sometimes they have foreign uh, countries actually do different things. The actual amount of money for that seems to be a lot lower, at least so far. Who knows what Trump's going to do? 
where he's going to put that money. So we'll have to see about that. But let me go ahead. I have to really, I want to get into a little bit of this one. We'll come back tomorrow and talk about the how much money is going to different places with them. But this part just really gets me. Social Security executives forced new contract on administrative law judge union. Did you hear that? So now Trump is messing with the union. Did you get that? It's Social Security executive forced new contract on administrative law judge union. In other words, I guess I'll read this part so you get it. But it bothers me when all of a sudden our unions are losing control under this administration. Let me go ahead and read this. It says, officials at the Social Security, let's see who this is by first. Let's see, it looks like it's Eric Ragnar is his name of the person who wrote this article. Okay, it says, officials at the Social Security Administration informed the union representing administrative law judges, right? Why in the world would, would Trump and those guys be dealing with the law judges? That's, that's not even should be in their realm. You know, they're, we're supposed to have three branches of government, and they're supposed to be separate to protect us. But if they're all going to roll into one, we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble in these next two years. Let me go on. Officials at the Social Security Administration informed the union representatives, the union representing the union representing administrative law judges Thursday that it is unilaterally implementing a new management edict, effectively voiding an existing collective bargaining agreement. They're going to just drop it. Like like you drop the mic, they're going to drop the executive bargaining agreement. You know that's something wrong. We've always had those. So all of a sudden Trump gets in office and we're just going to cut them loose? Let me go on. In an email to officials at the Association of Administrative Law Judges, Social Security Administration Associate Commissioner in the Office of Labor Management and Employee Relations, Ralph, his name is Ralph Panonelli, I believe, justified implementing a new unilateral CBA that made changes to nine contract provisions by saying the union, which is associated with International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers, declined to bargain on implementation of the Trump administration's recent workforce executive order. Okay, let me just do that for you again. Because what he's saying is we don't have to play by the rules. I'm Trump. I'm going to Trump you out. We're going to just drop the mic, and you're going to have to do what you got to do. But you, And probably who knows what this man's going to do with those, those uh, contracts. So let me go back up here. In an email to officials at the Association of Administrative Law Judges, SSA Associate Commissioner in the Office of Labor Management and Employee Relations, Rob Cantonella, justified implementing a new unilateral CBA that made changes to nine, not one, not two, not three, but nine contract provisions by saying the union, which is associated with the International Federal Federation of Professionals and Technical Engineers, declined to bargain. Now, you know what that means to Trump. That means you didn't do what I said do. You didn't do it my way, so you're out of here. On implementation of Trump's administration's recent workforce executive orders. So you do it my way or the highway. Something is wrong with that picture, right? But Marilyn Zahn, the president of the Association of Administrative Law Judges, said nothing in the existing collective bargaining agreement requires them to change in midterm bargaining. So Trump comes in, he says, hey, I'm the president. 
I don't care that somebody else has already negotiated this agreement. I'm going to come in and I'm going to change it. My, my, my. Something's wrong with that picture. It says here, the move by SSA comes just one day after the union filed an internal grievance over the unilateral implementation of executive order provisions governing official time. All right, so did you even know that Trump was going in there trying to change contracts in the, in the middle of a contract? And what do you hear Social Security say? It's like, it's like, well, whatever the president says is what we got to do. And I think we need to get away from that. Social Security has been around long enough that it can be self, uh, uh, protect their own self-interest and not have to be switched every time there's a new president and what they want. It's not about the president. It's about you. It's about you getting the things that you need and that you were promised a long time ago, prior to your, uh, your retirement, prior to your disability. These things had already been decided. And there's no reason why now all of a sudden everything is going to have to switch to the way somebody else's whims go. If that's the case, who knows what it will be in your children's generation. They might just take everything away and give everything to Wall Street like they've been trying. So from my perspective, we're going to spend a little time on this because I need you to understand how important it is for you to know not only what's going on with you, but what's going on with everyone else, how the system is working or it's not working, what's being done, where's the money going. Believe me, go out and look at those contracts. You'll see a lot of major firms out there, and they're not small businesses. Does that mean with the size and magnitude of this organization that small businesses can handle a lot of the stuff? No, it doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that all of the major contracts have to go to Wall Street. To me, that's a problem. That's not what Social Security was created for, from my perspective. What about you? I think it's time for us to take a deep look at our current government strategies in a lot of ways. I'm only choosing these two, Social Security and Medicare, because of its impact on people who are injured in collisions. And it will be, especially with serious injuries, when you can't actually continue to do the things that you would want it to in that way. But I'm also saying don't give up. Don't be heartbroken because maybe your body's broken right now. Sometimes they heal back and sometimes they don't. But regardless of what bodies do or even minds for that matter, for that matter, you have to keep going on and be the best person that you could be. I don't want you to ever give up on yourself. And I don't want ever to, you to ever allow somebody else to make you give up on yourself because there are a lot of people out there who will try to do that. I think You've got some great things going on. I don't believe that you've actually explored all of your being, all of who you are, all that you can do. I say just hang on, especially if you're recently injured. It's hard because most people don't want to be injured and they don't want to have to deal with things that make life even worse than perhaps where you were before. But I have good news for you. You will be able to move forward. Just give yourself the opportunity Maybe not in the way that you want it, but maybe in a new way. And maybe you'll be just joining me at, at estrescarburetshelp.com and saying we need to make things better for people who are injured, and we need to make sure that insurance companies will pay the people that they promise. Have you had a great day today? Did you learn something, which is most important? Will you come in and actually help on making sure that we can actually get uh, 
something done for people who've been injured, those who are not paying, or police uh, or other private uh, private companies. Well, police aren't private. They're supposed to be government, but people who really aren't helping us to get better. They're hurting us more than helping us. I need you to help me to do that. There's no way, no way, no how, no way, other way. Okay, there's not going to be another way that this happens. It's going to be just like women marching after Trump. It means we all have to get together and say, we want the best future for all of us. And we know what we required out of Social Security. We know what was promised. And that's what we're going to go for. So thank you so much for being with me. Let me know what you thought of today's program. We'll go ahead and move to Medicare and actually talk about some of the things that they they aren't doing or should be doing or where the money's really going to. Because when they tell you they don't have it, they're not telling you how much they're giving to Wall Street. It's almost like when Trump did the tax thing, when he gave it all to Wall Street, and he says, I have no money. What can I do? They can do a lot. So can we to stop a lot of the things that are going on that are inappropriate. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Go out and let me know at hashtag Esther's Radio Show. I can't wait to hear from you. Have a good day. And guess what? We'll be back here tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more conversations. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you tomorrow. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.